Good morning. It's good to see everyone here this morning. I hope you've enjoyed the service so far. I hope I have something to say that might cause you to think a little bit, might cause you to become a better Christian in the future than you have been in the past, and I hope you learned something. We're going to be starting a new series, and what I was kind of asked to do is kind of bridge between the last series and this series. You know, the last series we went through the book of Galatians, and we were talking about the Judaizing teachers who taught that you needed Christ, but you could also needed the law too. Well, what we're going to be t- talking about in this series was actually introduced in the Galatians series as well. But what we're going to be talking about might cause a little bit of confusion if we look at it in the wrong way. We might seem like we're contradicting ourselves if we're looking at it in, a, in, in the wrong way. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to try to bridge the two. That way there's no contradictions and no confusion as we're getting into this new series. To begin with, well, I'd like to read something for you. It's in 2 Corinthians 5, starting in verse 16. And this is where we're going to spend a lot of our time today. But we're going to go ahead and start reading in verse 16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For he made him who knew sin, who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So we're going to spend a, lot, a little bit of time in that in that scriptures in those scriptures right there, breaking some of that down. What we're going to be talking about in these coming lessons is what I like to call putting on Christ. The uh, I believe the series that we were given was t- called Christians Are, and the reason we are these things is because we've put on Christ. But some characteristics that Christians should have in their lives is what we're going to be talking about throughout this series. Now it's not necessarily that these characteristics will save you. But it's something that we add because we have been saved. And that's where the confusion can come in because we just said works aren't going to save you. The old law and the works in the old law aren't going to save you. But yet we need to put these characteristics on so it can be a little bit confusing. So we're going to go through this and hopefully by the end of it you'll have a clear knowledge and clear concise understanding of what we're going to be talking about throughout this series and how that they marry together they don't contradict with each other. I said it started in Galatians, and, it, and we did read this in Galatians when we did the Galatians study. In Galatians 3, 26 and 27, he says, For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Now, we understand this idea of putting things on. We put on clothes every morning. We get up, we want to look nice, maybe, or maybe we're going to work so we don't want to wear our work clothes so we don't mess up our good clothes. I have clothes I wear for all sorts of occasions. Clothes I wear to church. Clothes I wear to work. Clothes I wear when I'm just sitting around the house. We understand about putting things on. But what does this mean to put on Christ? Hopefully we will answer this, que- these que- this question for you today. And you can understand how this marries with the fact that the cross is still the main thing, as Mike mentioned at the end of the Galatians letter. So let's jump into this. In uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, he says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're supposed to be new. There's supposed to be something different. You know, we all understand this word new. It means, usually it means it's when something's new, there is nothing wrong with it usually. You don't go out and buy a new car and expect it to break down the minute you drive off the lot. 
That's not what you expect. You expect it to be in good condition. You expect it to be in great condition. It's a new. It's new. We understand this concept. And if we look in Romans 6, 1 through 4, it says, we shall, What shall we say? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How, she, how shall he who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore we are buried with him through baptism into death. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. When we're baptized, we're baptized into the death. That means something changes. Something dies. Maybe that old, sinful, stubborn, prideful man dies. That's what's supposed to happen. And we're supposed to what? Walk in newness of life. There's supposed to be something new. It's supposed to be different. You know, I was watching a TV show and the advertising, somebody that was in advertising said, you know, if companies want to bump up their sales a little bit, all they got to do is be able to put two words on, the, on their label. New and improved. It's new and improved. People automatically look at it and go, What's, what makes it so much better? Why is it better than what we had? What was the old stuff, old and junky? I don't know. But it's supposed to work better. It's new and improved. We're supposed to be something new whenever we've been baptized into Christ. The old is supposed to die. There's supposed to be something new. There's supposed to be a change that takes place. We shouldn't be the same old person that we were before. Something new should happen. In Romans 13, verses 13 through 14, let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. There are some things that are supposed to die. We're not supposed to be this way. We're not supposed to be drunk. We're not supposed to be reveling in revelry. We're not supposed to be in lewdness and lust. But the main thing is we're not to fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's different. That's something different than what the world's going to tell you. The world's going to tell you, do whatever makes you feel good. Do whatever makes you happy. That's not what this says. This says you're supposed to put those things away. Do not seek to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Be something different. Those things have died and gone away now that you've been baptized. Put them out of your life. They're dead and gone. We're not supposed to be that way anymore. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Your body is a living sacrifice acceptable to God. Are we living that way? Would God call your life right now an acceptable sacrifice? There's some days I think, oh, no, right. there's other days I, think, Ooh, I didn't do too well today. I think we all have those kind of days. But the main thing that we need to take from this, be not conformed to this world. Don't worry about being like the world. Don't worry about being like everybody else. That's not what God has called you to do. God has called you to be different. And he's called you to be different by the renewing of your mind. Your mind's different now. You think differently. You don't think the way the world thinks, or you shouldn't. You know, they say with addicts, the first thing they got to do, they got to get it through their mind that they need to change. 
That's the first thing. You've got to get it right in your mind first. That's where the change starts is in your mind. You've got to know, hey, I've got to make a change. There's, there's got to be something different here. I'm going to renew my mind to make my mind different than what it is now. I'm not going to think about the things I used to think about. I'm not going to do the things I used to do. I am going to be transformed from the world, not conformed to the world. But so many times a day, we want to be just like everybody else. We don't want to be considered to be the different people. But we are. We're supposed to be new. We're supposed to be different. So here's some of the things we should be putting on. He's taking some of the things away. You know what I love about God? Whenever he takes something away, there's always something to put in its place. You want to take, take away hate? Put love there. There's always something to put, put in there. So here's the things he expects us to, that we've killed off. Now here's a few of the things he expects us to put into our lives. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. You know, we're going to talk about some of these that we're going to be putting on, and I'm sure some of these are in this series. I saw the list, and some of these are in there. These are the kind of characteristics we need to add. Are we humble? Are we meek? Are we merciful? Do we have love? Those are the kind of things God calls us to be. Those are the kind of characteristics He calls us to have in our lives. The old stuff, the lust, the pride of life, all that's to be put to death and this is to be replaced at all. I don't want to get this confused in any way. I'm, he's not expecting perfection. Perfection cannot be attained. You know, there was a coach that coached for the Green Bay Packers and his first meeting he had with his team, it was Vince Lombardi, the first meeting he had with his team, he told them this. Gentlemen, we are going to relentlessly chase perfection knowing full well we will not catch it because nothing is perfect. But we are going to relentlessly chase it because in the process we will catch excellence and I am not remotely interested in just being good. Now I know he's talking about his game there. I get that. But are we relentless in adding these characteristics to our lives? The Bible will use a different word. Are we diligent? Relentless and diligent can be used in the same thing, as the same thing. Are we diligent in adding these characteristics to our lives, or are we just interested in being good enough? You know, I know I'm not great at it, but I'm not the worst at it either, but I, I feel like I'm good enough. I know that characteristic isn't strong in my life, but I'm good enough. I don't need to pursue d diligently adding that characteristic to my life. I'm okay with just being good enough. It'll be all right. We know we're not going to catch perfection. We're not going to do these characteristics perfectly. And I'm not meaning to imply that in any way that we should. But we should be wanting to obtain those, those excellence in those things. We should be diligently trying to add those things to our life. Be a more merciful person. Be a more loving person. Be a more forgiving person. Be a more meek person. Be a more patient person. More long-suffering. Those are things we can strive to achieve. There are things we can do to work on those things where we can relentlessly pursue those. Knowing we're not going to catch perfection, but we'll be better at it tomorrow than I was today. I'll be better at it in, it as a, in a week than I was last year. 
We can get better at these things. These aren't things that we can't get better at. We just got to put in the effort and be willing to relentlessly chase it. Be diligent. Now, we continue in 2 Corinthians of our reading from this morning. And we're going to continue in verse 18. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us ministry of reconciliation. What does it mean to reconcile something? You know, it used to be a term we heard a lot. People were reconciling in their marriages. People were reconciling in business dealings. What that means is there's been a falling out somewhere. Either a company or a group of people have fallen out in somehow, some way. And they're wanting to make peace. They're wanting to be peaceful about it. But you know what the number one thing you've got to realize in re- reconciliation is? Either one or both parties did something wrong that they shouldn't have done and they need to change it. Either one or both parties have done something wrong and they need to change it. Now when it comes to us being reconciled with God, we're the party that did something wrong. And we need to be willing to change the way that we live our lives. But we don't get reconciled because we add these characteristics to our lives. We're going to be talking about all these characteristics. Is that what reconciles us to God because I'm chasing these characteristics? No, because then we get into the problem that the Jews were having that we're trying to justify ourselves by works. There's no checklist. Okay, I get this many points for this characteristic, this many points for that characteristic, this many points for that characteristic, and if I get all these points, I'm going to be good enough. That's not how it works. If you want to be reconciled to God, to God, you have to do it through Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Because we're not going to be good enough to do it on our own. Because God requires perfection, and we just said we're not going to obtain perfection. So you can add all these characteristics to your life that we're going to be talking about. You can relentlessly pursue them. But if you haven't been reconciled to God, it's not going to gain you anything. Talking about reconciliation here. In Colossians 1, 19-21. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether the things on earth or the things in heaven... Having, been, having made peace through the blood of his cross, and ye who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. What does that say? Having made peace. God made peace through something. What did God make peace with us with? The blood of the cross. That's still the main thing. That's still the most important thing. As Mike said in his lesson uh, closing up Galatians that's still the main thing you can add all these characteristics but you still need to be reconciled to God through the blood of Christ he said he made peace through the blood of Christ uh, blood of, of his cross and ye who were once alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works yet now he has reconciled we did nothing on our part to be reconciled we couldn't be good enough So God made a sacrifice that way we might be able to be reconciled with him. In Ephesians 2 and 16, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Through the cross. You see a common theme here? Through the cross. Through the cross. So we can add all these characteristics, and I believe we should. I believe they're commands. But that's not what's going to save us. That's not what's going to happen. That's not how it works. 
you can relentlessly pursue every characteristic and still not be reconciled to God. We need to make sure we're reconciled to God through the blood of the cross of Christ. And then because of that, we add these characteristics in. Well, then why do we do it? If the characteristics aren't going to be what saves us, why are we even worried about changing? Why are we worried about putting on these characteristics? Well, number one, as I said, it's a command. These aren't options. But let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 15 through 16. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Glorify your Father in heaven. We do everything we do to glorify God. Is that, is that the reason you do everything you do is to glorify God? Or do I want people to think I'm a good old boy? I'm, I'm a good guy. There's nothing wrong with wanting people to think you're a good guy, but your motivation ought to be to glorify God because of what he did for you. So while these characteristics we're going to be talking about are commands, they're not going to save you. So there is no contradiction here. It's because of what Christ did for us. We're a new person now. The old man has died. There should be something new there. So the main thing is still the cross. It's just, just the umbrellas underneath the cross. These are the things that happened because the cross happened. So what should we take out of this lesson this morning? You know, I believe there's three things that we need to take out of this lesson this morning. Number one, have we put on Christ? Have we been baptized into that death and killed the old man? Have we done that? Because if you haven't started there, the rest of the series isn't going to amount to much to you. If you haven't started out, the rest of the series isn't going to amount to a whole lot because you need to get started. You need to start with putting on Christ through baptism. Kill off the old sinful man. And if we have done that, are we a new person? Are we different today than the day we obeyed the gospel? We should be. You should be a different person today than the day that you obeyed the gospel. There should be different characteristics in your life. Regardless if you were a pretty good guy to begin with, there should still be different characteristics in your life. There should have been some things you killed off and some things you put on. Maybe we haven't done that. Maybe that old man's still alive and well in some of us. I don't know. Maybe that old simple man's still kicking in some of us. I know from time to time he's kicking in all of us. I, I understand that. I understand we're not going to be perfect. And lastly, regardless of all the characteristics you can put on, the most important thing is still the cross. Without that, we're most men most miserable. <laughs> but because the cross happened, because God and Jesus loved us enough, there are certain things they have asked us to do. Certain characteristics we are supposed to embody. That way, as Eddie said in his prayer, and as Corinthians ends, we can be ambassadors for God, pleading people to reconcile with God. So, in closing this morning, I want you to think about this just a little bit. As we embark on this series, we're going to have, I believe, like eight lessons or so before our youth meeting that we're going to cover some of these characteristics. We're going to cover some things you should have added to your life. 
not only are we going to cover some of the things we should have added, we're going to cover maybe some things that you can do to work on those things. But the most important thing you can do in this series to get something out of this series, be brutally honest with yourself. Is this a characteristic I've put on? Or is this something I'm neglecting? Is this something I think, well, I'm good enough at it, I'll be okay? Or is this something I need to relentlessly pursue? There's going to be some of them you may not need to put a whole lot more effort in. Some of these characteristics may come more naturally to you than others. That's fine. But be brutally honest with yourself about how these characteristics are in your life and if there's something that you need to work on. And during this series, during the afternoons, we're going to have applications of men telling maybe times where they didn't have that characteristic and they needed it. Or maybe the times where they did have that characteristic. There's going to be some learning tools, but you need to be open to the learning and open and not looking through the rose-tinted glasses and saying, I'm all right, I'm good enough. Be brutally honest with yourself. Because if we're brutally honest, we can see improvement in every... I guarantee you, you could probably see a place where you can improve in every, every characteristic we're going to cover this series. Before this morning, I want you to think of two things. Have I been reconciled through, to God through the baptism and coming in contact with Jesus' blood? I raised to walk a new life. Am I different than the day I obeyed the gospel? And if I'm not, then why, why, why am I not? But the most important thing is this. Have you started the journey? Have you put on Christ through baptism? If you haven't, there's no better way to, time to take care of that than today. And if you have and you're not living the kind of life you need, maybe you haven't added some of these characteristics, maybe you haven't killed off some of the old man characteristics, we can help you with that too. You know, the best time to do it would have been when you obeyed the gospel. You know, they have a saying about trees. The best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. The next best time is today. It would have been the best if you had started when you obeyed the gospel, but the next best time to start is today. Add these characteristics. Relentlessly pursue adding these characteristics to your life. I encourage you to be here and be open and honest with yourself about these characteristics as we bring them to you and seeing where we can improve in these things. But this morning, if you haven't put on Christ, or you have put on Christ, but it really didn't change you, we need to change that today. So if we can help you, won't you come as we stand and sing?